0: Welcome to the Warrior Mama Podcast as we learn how to apply God's Word to our lives in motherhood. Finding in big and small ways that the truth of the gospel applies not just to our lives as moms, but also to our children's lives, so that as we stand anchored in Him, we mother confidently with our hearts at rest. I'm so glad you're joining me today at the kitchen table. Welcome to the Warrior Mama Podcast Top 3 Countdown of 2023. This week, we're looking at our number two episode. Like so many of you have listened to this episode, and I completely understand why. I have honestly gone back and listened to it myself. I want you to know that so much of what I teach or share on this is because I'm either actively learning it right now, I have just been learning it and God has taught it to me in a way that I want to share it with you, or I'm just starting to figure it out. Like, I am walking through these same places, and this week's episode is how do we parent when we have big emotions, when we have been triggered, we're stressed, it's, Interesting, the timing, right? All of us are walking through the Christmas season and perhaps you feel big emotions right now. Could be stress, could be worry, could be fear of what, you know, what's coming in the new year. Could just be the fact that your kids have been home from school and you are just feeling a little bit overstimulated by all the candy and Christmas I want you to listen to this episode and understand, though, that your God is for you, and He wants you to walk, pausing and resting on Him and relying on Him and turning your face back to Him, seeking His way, His guidance, especially when we are feeling big emotions. So welcome to number two in our 2023 Top 3 Countdown. Welcome back to The Kitchen Table. I'm so glad you're here this week. We're going to be working through an idea over this week and next week about how do we handle the discipline moments in our home with a mindset framed in the gospel. Now, we've talked about this lots of other episodes. In fact, I'm going to refer you back to a couple of different episodes as you listen through here because I think those really focus on one point or one idea that we're going to be discussing this week. But last week we talked about what do we do when worry is threatening our motherhood, when all the things that we hold and juggle and are concerned about, what do, what are we really supposed to do with those things? Because the truth is you and I are not expected by God, to carry all of that and be burdened with all of that and weighed down with all of the worry and concern and doubt and fear that often hits us in motherhood. So last week, if you haven't listened to episode 125, I kind of want you to stop and go back there and listen to episode that episode. So it's episode 125, What Do I Do With my Worry and Motherhood?, And understand that God invites you and he invites me to commit our way to him. And we explore that and we're going to take, we take that word apart. So I'm not going to do it here, but you really need that foundation for what we're going to talk about today and next week. We're going to be talking about, okay, if we have committed our way to the Lord, we have committed our motherhood to him and we are actively committing, we're actively doing this thing. It's the same concept of what God says, even in um, Matthew 11. Jesus says in Matthew 11, where He says, You know, take my yoke, for it is easy, and I will give you rest. It's the same concept. And we talked about this. But if this is what we're actively doing, we're saying, Yes, Lord, this is how I want my motherhood to go from now on. It maybe has never been this way before, but I am choosing to walk in this way. Well, then the next thing. That we need to naturally have a conversation about is, well, what happens when I'm triggered? What happens when I get up from this conversation with the Lord where I'm saying, I'm committing my motherhood to you, Lord. I'm rolling it all off of my back. I'm trusting you completely. What happens when we get up from that moment and crazy, let's loosen our home. And crazy can be as simple as a baby refusing to take naps. Crazy can be toddlers fighting with one another. Crazy can be teenagers stomping through your house. It can be kids who don't want to listen. It can be somebody who's sassy and disrespectful. It can be that you cannot get a handle on your laundry that day. Like it can it can be about your kids or it can just be about life. What do we do when now we're triggered by our kids? How do we respond? Because committing your way to the Lord, what we talked about last week, it's not natural. It's not easy. In fact, for most of us, in some way or another, we believe that we need to control and handle what's going on in our home. And learning to surrender that to God is super complex. It's hard. And I want to let you know it's hard for me. This isn't, this isn't natural. I immediately want to charge right back into that squabbling set of kids and set it all right and get everybody to be nice and make sure that this stops, that the, the level of emotion goes down. Why? Mainly because that level of emotion is triggering me. It's making me feel overwhelmed. It's, it's making me feel maybe angry. It's making me feel just emotionally high strung. So, if that is your next natural question, which I think it should be, most women I sit down and counsel and coach, that is their next natural question. This week is for you. So, what do we do and how do we handle discipline with a gospel perspective? And this week, we're going to be talking about our posture first. Then next week, we're going to be looking at how Jesus models this for us clearly, and we're going to give super practical, hands-on, tangible ways. So that's this arc of these next two. I'm excited to talk to you about these. So we're going to go back to our passage in Psalm 37. And remember last week I said, hey, we're going to go back behind you and pick up verses three and four next week. So here we are. So verse three says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And then verse five was what we handled last week, which is commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the new day. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. So what do we do in that overwhelming moment? Well, what we're going to begin to talk about today is learning the power of pausing. Now, I want to say one thing right here at the beginning. Pausing is not natural and it is not easy for most women I talk with and work with. It is not natural and it is not easy for me. But practicing the pause has taught me or grown my muscles where I have more of an ability to pause now than I did back 25 years ago when I was dealing with my first little one. And the more I engage in what we're going to talk about, what the pausing is all about, what I'm really doing is I'm putting myself with my eyes on Jesus and not on the situation. And it is that practice of turning from what I see in front of my physical eyes and turning my whole attention, my whole focus to the only one who holds all the answers. That's the pause we're going to be talking about. When I begin to do that more and more and I'm choosing that and I'm reminding myself of that and I have it plastered on my bathroom mirror and it's on my car front dash where I'm like, Hey, practice a pause. Remember to pause. Then my muscles grow in it, and I have been more able to pause before I blow my blow my emotions. So I want to give you full disclosure so that you understand who I am. First, if you've never listened to me before, I am an, a, a much I am an emotional mother. I have friends who can kind of hold it all together. I tend to my emotions go outward. <laughs> Onto everybody around me. My kids can attest to that. So for me, what will happen in these moments where there's lots of emotions happening in the room, lots of kids are upset or whining or just crying, or things aren't going people's ways, or it's just chaotic, like lots of things happening, I will get very easily. Um, it's like my the bubbles inside, like that's how I whole think about it. Is my emotional cup just starts to get really high. And if I'm not careful, my emotional cup will spill out on everybody. If you've been around here a long time, you've heard me use this analogy. I talk about it with my kids all the time. It is the best analogy for talking to kids about their feelings and their emotions of like, of how their emotions impact others of saying, you know, you are blessed with a very high emotional cup. And so it's very easy for it to rise all the way to the top and spill over. And what happens to other people when the cup spills, they get wet. So but I happen to have a very full emotional cup, just the way God made me. So therefore, when I have to pause, it allows time for all the sloshing inside of my emotional cup to calm down before it sloshes out and gets all over everybody else. Do you understand, you understand that analogy a little bit? So I want you to know from the very beginning, this isn't, I, I believe that the enemy of our souls wants to convince us that we are the only ones who struggle with something or have a hard time handling it or mess it up and burst out in anger at our child or say something that they regret later on. And I want you to understand I am not bragging about it and it grieves my soul that I do struggle this way, but I do. I do. And the Lord has been gracious unto me and the Holy Spirit who lives inside of you because you follow Jesus. It is your promise that the Holy Spirit lives inside of you as your counselor and your teacher and the Holy Spirit lives inside of me. And the more I turn my attention to him, the more I set my eyes on him, the more he has the has granted me self-control and grown in me the ability to calm down first and to have clear thought. And not give way to the anxiety and to the muddle of just emotional reactions. And this is really important work. And I want to honor it as really important work. But we're going to look in the Word of God and why the Word of God says, do this work. Because we want to anchor ourselves to God's truth. It doesn't do us much good if I just give you all these like mantras and ideas and they sound great. It's packaged all around us. Everywhere around us, we're hearing all about these ways of parenting, gentle parenting, conscious parenting, all these ways. And I'm telling you, the way that you will have success walking with your child is Jesus-centered parenting. And Jesus-centered, parent- Jesus-centered parenting will honor their lives It will speak value and worth into them, not because you are bestowing value and worth on them, but because you are pointing to Jesus who bestows value and worth on them. And you will give your children a beautiful glimpse of God's grace, of his mercy. You'll give them a beautiful idea of what it means to be humble, of forgiveness, of honor when you center your parenting in the word of God not in what is just going on in our world right now of telling us ways to do things that sound great and I agree with them you're going to hear me use some of the same language but I'm going to center it in God's word because I believe that if the center of your parenting is not a conversation with the holy spirit then it then it's it's not it's not going to work well it's the, it's just your own power and your power is limited, my friend. In fact, your power is rooted in, it's rooted in sin. But God's power lives inside of you. He is given to you to walk with you, to help you. Jesus sits on his throne advocating on your behalf for your relationship with your child. That's what we're going to be talking about today. I know I kind of went on a tangent there, but I really want to be very, very clear here. Number one, I don't have this wrapped up. I have a nine-year-old and a seven-year-old that can spin me up into craziness as fast as my 25-year-old can (laughs) and anybody in between. And I have to consciously turn back to Jesus. And these are the words that he has called my heart to. In fact, just this morning, I had to get up and I centered my own self in these words because today is a very overwhelming feeling day for me. And maybe you have those days. So let's look at these words, trust in the Lord and do good, dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. I want us to look at a couple of places because these are, these almost sound like things we must do. And only if we do them well enough, will we get things enough. And just like we looked at last week, That's not the case. That's not the gospel. Because if the gospel depends on you, if it depends on me, then it's not the gospel. It's a works religion. So what is God saying here? He's saying trust in the Lord. And that concept of trust is a turning to God. A turning and saying, God, it is you that I need. It is you that in this moment, I recognize You are the one who holds all of this. You hold it all together. You know what is going on in the heart of my child in this moment. You know what is happening in this big fight my kids are having or the reason why my teenager is stomping away from you. You know what lies beneath. And I trust you and I'm seeking you to begin to teach me. The first thing we're going to be doing is we're going to choose to trust him. We're going to choose to trust that He knows exactly what is going on, and we're going to begin to appeal to him in the truths that, for instance, Jeremiah 33 says, "What God says, call to me, and I will answer you, and I will show you things that you do not know. That applies to our kids. We're going to stand in the truth of Colossians 1, where Jesus says that he holds it all together, that everything is made by him and for him, and he holds it all together. That means he holds exactly what's going on in your child's world together. He knows the depths and the intimacies of it. We're going to look at the passage from Corinthians where it says that the spirit of God knows what's going on in your in your child's heart. And we're going to say, "Lord, I trust you. I trust that you will give me the insight I need before I just step into dealing with this problem," which is oftentimes how I think about it. Oh, I've got to go deal with this problem. But instead, if I can pause and go, God, I trust you, I trust you that you have the insight that I need. And I ask that you begin to reveal it to me. Give me insight into this child. We talk a lot about um, being a student of your child over in the warrior motherhood community. In fact, we study it for months at a time and we have templates and resources for you that really help you begin to sit with the Holy Spirit with your individual children. And we give you guided questions and thoughts of ways to understand your child, the way God has created him or her in their temperament and their personality, what their struggles are, beginning to understand the sin issues the lies that they can often easily believe that maybe you don't believe so you don't see that as a hard thing but that child believes it oh my goodness when we can begin to see god see our kids the way god sees our children see that's that moment this prayer of going god i trust you help me see my child the way you see my child but we work with you in inside of the community and help you have those resources because for most of us it's not intuitive we don't naturally see our kids the way God sees our kids. We see our kids the way we see life. So we say, well, you should see life the way I see life. That's what we naturally do. So this is a learning thing for most mamas, including me. And so we work through that inside of the community. And, and we would love to have you there and love to have you work with other moms in that group and and learn this skill and learn this because it makes your relationship with your child beautiful, but by sitting and spending that pause moment, just that moment of time, that brief, Lord, God, show me my child the way you see him right now. Show me what lies underneath this action that's coming out. When we take the time to ask God to show us that, then we will grow in our compassion for the child in that moment, long before we step into and deal with it. Over back in episode 74, a long time, like a year ago, we talked about the power of the pause and helping us understand our child, understanding God and understanding ourselves. I encourage you to go and find that episode and listen to it if you wanna learn more about this. But this is important work that you're doing with your child, for your child, long before you step into the moment, long before you step into the discipline, posturing yourself, saying, Lord, I trust you. And you know, what's interesting is it says, dwell in the land of a friend faithfulness. And that sounds like, oh, we're supposed to somehow just be like a faithful parent or something, you know, but when we dig that out, actually what it means is to feed on the faithfulness of God. You see, when we begin to say, God, I trust you, you've got this. I'm turning to you first. I need you most. You're who I'm asking for help on this, then his faithfulness becomes our source of satisfaction. It becomes what fills our hearts. It becomes what teaches our minds how to help our kids. And it steadies our soul, that emotional part of us that wants to just react. So it's important that we pause. And the first thing we say is, God, I trust you. And then the second thing, the second verse that says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. That word delight is really important to understand because again, kind of sounds like we're just supposed to smile and have fun and be happy. And that word delight, when we look at it in the Hebrew, it is to become soft or pliant, to become flexible. So in essence, he's saying, become soft and flexible in the Lord. And as a mom, that is a really hard space for me to occupy in the moments where I'm feeling triggered and overwhelmed by what is happening in my home. I find myself becoming almost stiff and even physically becoming stiff. I straighten up my back. I kind of begin to tower over my kids. And I'm like, what are we all doing? You know, how come you are doing this? Don't do that. Don't be mean. And I begin lecture moding and, and I am not tuned in to what God has to say, and I'm not leaning on him for strength. The most obvious picture I can think of for this is understanding that over and over in scripture, he says, let me tuck you up under my wing. Let me hold you tight against me. And that is a place of guarding and protection and comfort. And that's the picture that God gives us over and over in the Psalms. And this word delight is yet another space of that of becoming soft and flexible in the Lord. So that the desires of your heart are what are given to you. Well the truth is is when we become soft and flexible and lean into God in our parenting, when that's where we are pressing, not into, man, I better handle this and fix this kid because he's not a nice kid right now. But instead, Lord Show me what you have to say, say about him. Show me what is going on deep in his heart. I am trusting you. I'm leaning into you. I am asking for your words to come out of my lips. Then the next natural thing that happens when I lean into him is that those desires of my heart begin to become like worship because I can rem- I can begin to see how much I need God, how much my child needs God, how much we both need to remember that Jesus came for us to set us free from whatever has triggered both of us in this moment. You see, it's critical that we begin to understand that there's a power in pausing. It's all over parenting tips that we need to pause. But if we're not pausing and centering on Jesus Christ and on the hope that he came to set us free from all of this, and if we're not saying, God, it's you that I trust. I don't trust in myself. I trust in you. I don't lean on myself. I lean on you. Then we're, We're going to be doing it in our own strength. And it may work a time or two or up to a point and then it falls apart. But I want to encourage you that the more you begin to say, Lord, it's you that I'm choosing to start my day with. And then in those moments, Lord, it's you that I'm choosing to pause with. That will become more familiar ground for you. It will become a place where you and the Holy Spirit are having an ongoing conversation of just prayer and talking You'll get insights that you didn't understand. And I want to be clear, like I've gotten insights where I'm just sitting there looking at a child across, you know, in a bathroom as we're having a conversation about what they've done. And it's like, all of a sudden I go, were you just afraid? And I could just almost say, all of a sudden I have this insight, were they just afraid of da, 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 and saying it out loud unlocks everything that was going on. Why? Because that insight actually came from God, going, this, this is what they're struggling with. And these are the truths of the gospel that will apply for them right there. That fear doesn't have to, have they don't have to be afraid of being alone. Or they don't have to be afraid of being rejected or betrayed or hurt or I don't know, whatever the issue is. But the only way that that can happen is if I pause myself long enough to engage with the Holy Spirit, to have a conversation and begin to pray and ask Jesus, I need your insight. I need to understand what is going on. And then say, God, and I'm, I'm leaning into you hard. What What would you have me to say? How would you have me to go forward in this? Because when we're dealing with big emotions, when we're dealing with lots of moments that are hard or angry, the kids are angry or they're frustrated or they're rejecting you, it's important that we understand that it isn't, our job to fix it. It's our job to have conversations about the one who can fix it. That's the only thing we're called to do. It's just to listen well, to hear what they have to say, to offer our eyes and our physical touch and our presence and say, I'm listening to you. I hear what you're saying. I hear your big emotions. I want to know what happened. Listen to what happened. Help them unpack it. Help them to go, oh, wow that's big. I bet that does hurt. Honor their feelings in it. So these are all these are all things we hear all the time. And yet if they're centered in the gospel, it is life-giving. Because my next step, once I've heard what has hurt their heart, once I've heard what has frustrated them or the way they've been wounded or betrayed or fill in the blank, and I honor that feeling, I have the best hope to offer them. And it is Jesus. Not to eradicate their feelings, not to say, and that will fix it, but to say, I know that hurts. And Jesus loves you. I know that that made you act poorly. And yet, you know, Jesus loves you right here. Even when you're acting as terrible as you just did when you hit your sister. Do you know that Jesus loves you even when you hit your sister? These are important truths to talk to our kids about. They're really hard for me to say if I'm acting in my own flesh. But when I have turned back to the Lord and had conversations of God, I trust you, and I'm delighting in you, and I'm worshiping you, then it's it's I am more equipped to say, listen, you smacked your sister on the back because you were angry at her because you felt like she was taking your Legos. And I recognize, man. That is super frustrating if she's stealing your stuff. That has to make you really angry. Do you know that though, when you hit your sister, even in that moment when you were mean back, God totally loves you. And beginning to extend to them the grace that is offered at Calvary, what Jesus did is for them in their ugliest moments, just as it is for you and for me in our ugliest moments. But grace happens before repentance right that's what ephesians 2 tells us that while we were still dead in our sins god god sent jesus so then this first part today before we get into okay so here are the practical ways that we're going to engage because this is the way jesus engaged in conflict and in discipline with our kids which we're going to talk about next week for today I would, I'm going to encourage you to begin to sink down into Psalm 37. Just dwell on it this week, write it and put it on your dashboard. Send me pictures of it. You can find me on Instagram at Bethany Kimsey. You can find me on Facebook at Bethany P. Kimsey. You can find me, my website is bethanykimsey.mykajabi.com. I would love to see pictures of where it is on your dashboard. I'll put it up in my stories where it is. It's on my bathroom mirror. For me personally, because for me, I will retreat to my bathroom to chill out, to do my pause. I have to physically. Now, I'm my kids are older, so I can walk away from my kids for a second before I lose it on them. But when my kids were younger, can I encourage you, put it on your screen as a screensaver. In fact, I'll tell you what. At the bottom of this, there'll be a link, and we'll put a screensaver of these scriptures for you, just quick words that you can put on your own phone, download it, stick it on your phone. But you need to be reminded that God is inviting you to trust Him deeply, and trust is just sitting in His lap knowing He holds you up. Why? Because you will feed on His faithfulness. That's what it promises you. You will be satisfied with God alone. And you will learn to lean hard into him because you will be delighting in him. And you will just be trusting his arms to hold you tight on those crazy, crazy days. And he will make your heart worship him. And then just like we talked about last week, all those rocks that you carry of all the things that are hard about your life and all the things that weigh you down and stress you out and cause you to be anxious, you can begin to learn to commit to him knowing that he holds them. For today, spend time this week in that. Grab the screensaver down below. Let me um, encourage you. Put it, send it to me over Instagram. I'd love to see pics. But more than anything, what I want you to know is that God delights in you. Not because you've got things wrapped up, but because He sent His Son, Jesus, to save you. And when He looks at you, He sees His Son. You are loved right where you are, no matter how much you've made a mess of today already when you're listening to this. But He's asking you to trust Him. He's calling you to delight in Him and taste and see that He is good. Thanks for joining me today. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening this week to the Warrior Mama podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support other Warrior Mamas, I'll tell you that one of the best ways that you can do is you can just share this podcast with your friends. You know, sometimes we love to talk about the things we like the most for our face, for our life, for our kids. Can I tell you that it would be a great blessing to begin to share with other moms the things that God is teaching you and the ways that He is growing you in Him. Our prayer over here at the Warrior Mama podcast is that this podcast is something that does that for you in your life. So feel free to share it with your friends, post about it on social media, and of course, leave a rating and a review. I love seeing what God is doing in your lives. And I look forward to sitting with you at the kitchen table again next week.